You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more. Hi there, my name's Gina Gardner and I'm uh, your host on Passionate World Radio. I'm an international best-selling author, I'm an empowerment coach, speaker and trainer. And I'm joined today by my good friend Rachel Davidson, who's also an international best-selling author. As always with our programmes, we're going to follow a theme and we're going to discuss it. And I hope that you'll engage and let us know what you think um, and that you will uh, set up ideas and let us know what they are for future programmes. Today's a day that's tinged with sadness for me and in a sense it's uh, a reason why we're going, our theme today is that of loss. Eight years today, my brother, who was 49 and in apparently great health, was um, doing a last practice for the London to Brighton cycle race um, and he collapsed and before he'd hit the floor, he died. It was a terrible shock to the whole family and it was one of those situations where, you know, as your parents get older, you expect them to die. Mm. Um, and it's sad, but if they die when they're very old, it's a tra- not a tragedy, it's a sadness. Yes. But when someone is cut down in their prime and they've got so much more life to yes. live, yes, it feels like a huge loss. And David left a gaping hole in all our lives. Yes. What I would say is that despite that huge sense of loss, that out of his death has come some gifts. Mm. And those are the way in which we look at life. Making the most of every day. Recognising that relationships are what's important. And wanting to protect your health. And, you know, if you've been thinking about getting that health check do it, don't hang about, just get on and do it. Because mm. if David had had the right health check, his death was completely preventable. Yes, and we had a mutual friend um, announced like, on a Facebook page last night about how uh, one of her dearest friends had uh, died suddenly, and I, I would imagine, I don't know the details, but uh, again, another relatively young death. And her take out of it in the moment was um, how how that that loss of her dear friend was teaching her to to grab every single moment of life that she had and to uh, um as somebody else put it uh, not to save your clothes for best yes. but to wear wear your best clothes every day and enjoy life and i would say you know one of the messages that life isn't a spectator sport mm. that you get a very different experience if you sit on the sidelines mm. waiting for something rather than actually getting stuck in and although at times that's incredibly scary the benefits are huge yes so when we open up the theme of loss Mm. it most people would think of bereavement as being I suppose the ultimate loss and yet there are so many other forms of loss through our lives lots of mini deaths (laughs) Yeah, that's one way of looking at it, certainly. And so just want to share with you that the the different ways that that loss can impact upon our lives and then to to talk with you about how um, we approach those mini-deaths or loss Mm. um, can make a huge difference to how well we deal with them Mm. um, and what impact they have on our lives. Mm. So 
there's the lost love and those of you that have had teenage love when you know you felt that that you would die when yes. that love came to an end the first cut is the deepest so they say <laughs> um but you have lost love you have separation divorce uh-huh. and there, there are many people more than ever who are going through incredible pain that's yes. been created by the the loss, the death of that relationship. Yes. And in the aftermath of trying to deal with it. Mm. There's redundancy. And I've worked with mm-hmm. a number of people who feel the loss of their job, not just because they've lost their job and lost their income, mm. but because with it goes their identity. Yes. And I think identity is the theme that runs through all of these um types of loss because you know if somebody dies i'm no longer somebody's husband or wife i'm their widow or widower yes um i i have no parents even if you are in your 40s 50s or 60s you're suddenly an orphan yes so identity is a really vital part of of understanding how to make Mm. um make sense of loss i was reading an article by um another best-selling author and she she described the loss of her journalistic job. She worked for one of the top UK um, newspapers and had absolutely thrown herself into work, had no no personal life outside of it, really. She'd been extremely successful, won awards, you know, all this sort of stuff. And then one day the editor told her, oh, we want to freshen the paper up, so, yeah, you're, you're out type of thing. And she said that it that it, it was a worse grief for her, losing her job, than it was to lose her parents, which is quite shocking It is at to, one to level. a lot of people, but actually really understandable. And I would say to you, the loss of your job and retirement yeah. also brings with it the potential for this huge sense of loss, who am I mm-hmm. when I'm not being um, whatever they were. Mm. Interestingly, I belong to a challenge group and we were... It was retirement was a, quite a common theme within the group, right? And how somebody had retired a couple of years ago and was was talking about how when they first retired, they didn't know who they were. Yeah. They'd been had a very high powered job, being the CEO of a, of a of a huge company, yeah, and they didn't know who they were when they weren't being yeah. that particular version of them. Yeah. And I can say the same when I left headship. Um, I was back to being 14, fat, not very confident, mm. because my professional um, persona was mm. so much of how I valued yes. me. Yes. Um, and I've had to work very hard to actually create a loving, caring relationship with myself that's not based on what I do. Yes. And I think so many of us are human doings rather than human beings. Yes. And I think that makes redundancy retirement you know even shifting your job mm. and going to a place where you're not known and you've got to re-establish yourself mm. there comes with that a sense of loss potentially I think there's an interesting it's sort of all linked into the psychology around um being important being needed legacy my husband always describes that you know leaving a job uh, somewhere where you've been perhaps very influential you have to accept that you're like ta- it's like taking a fist out of a, a bucket of water. Yeah. That initially there's a lot of disruption and the water's sort of all jumbly jumbly, but 
relatively quickly actually the water settles back and so your absence is in those first few moments is missed greatly but then life goes on and actually that I think is at the core of why people fear death and loss is is because it slightly says to us, well, nobody's irreplaceable. And that's a fundamental truth. Mm. We are valued so long as we're remembered. Mm. Unless your legacy is of such magnitude that you have set up a system that continues long after you, and you may not be remembered, but the system stays in place. Yes. and I think that's an interesting one for us all. You know, what's the legacy that we want to leave? Yeah. Um, what are the things that we'd like to be remembered for? And I'd like to come back to that later. Yeah. Let's just continue through the list of loss. Mm. I think that they're one of the most poignant losses mm. is when people lose sight of their dreams. Yes. They let go of their ambition to be or to do. Yes. That they find themselves stuck in in something that was never what was meant for them. Mm-hmm. Their sense of purpose is becomes um, buried by the day-to-day routine of whatever people are doing. Yes. And in doing that, I think a little bit of your soul dies. Yes. Um, so it's still a mini-death. Yes. Um, but there are many people who um, I've come across who... You know, I can't go and do what I really want because I can't pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't go and do what I really want because people won't approve. Mm. And one of the questions I'd like to ask our listeners really is, if you feel that you've given something up in yeah. order to um, be successful or to be to do a job which is um, uh, is going to give you the living that you want, yeah. I'd ask you a few questions. And the first is, why did you give it up? Yeah. Was it that somebody else said, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. Um, that's not safe or it's not something that will, will earn you enough money or you can't do that. You're not clever enough or you're not physically able enough or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So was it somebody else who you allowed to scupper your dream mm. or was it an integral belief that you had that was limiting, which said, I'm not worthy, I'm not clever enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm too old, too young. Too scared. Too scared <laughs> um, to go that route. I'll go the safe route. Yes. Or perhaps there was um, an accident and you became disabled or that illness or circumstances mm. meant that those choices felt as if they were closed to you. Mm. And for me, I think those are the deaths... Those are the losses which are insidious mm. and that we don't even recognise that, A, they, they after the moment that they've happened. Yes. And they are erode our sense of self-worth, our sense of, of well-being. Yes. Because we're not doing what we were put on this earth to do. Yes, yes. Um, another one that I think is quite interesting and a very cultural one is if we feel we've lost face yeah and how often we do things in order not to be found wanting not to lose face yes that actually may not be the right things for us but we will do them anyway yes and I think that comes back to this whole business of self-worth and 
and believing that other people's opinions and other people's needs are more important than yeah. our own. Yeah, it's, it's all about your capacity to, to cope with um, a, a level of shame, if, so to speak, that, that perhaps is being pressed upon you by the external factors. How prepared you are to be vulnerable in, in the face of you know, following your dreams when, when everybody is trying to push you downstream to do something else. Yes. Um, and, and I think it's, it's one of the life's greatest journeys and lessons, really, is to find ways and tactics to, to be able to stand firm, to, to be able to you know, be you and to do and to, to not face that loss of you. I think that the, the capacity to be vulnerable to be in that place of discomfort mm. and recognise that you can move through it and get to the other side is something that many people are so fearful of yeah. that they're never prepared to put their toe into that particular um, puddle. Yeah. That the need to feel comfortable, even in their discomfort, which sounds like a paradox, mm. that the comfort discomfort that they know mm. is actually safer than actually putting yourself out there and taking mm. a risk i think there's a fantastic piece of tension in in that description of in order to reach a point of comfort you have to sit and be comfortable in discomfort <laughs> and and it's a really really tricky thing to sort of you know live and understand i mean i wrote my book about ultimately about loss because the main character um, will die, and and what I what I wanted to describe and to explore for my for my own self was how would a, a soul faced with such a, a a final transition it's called death transition um, how would he cope and the character and I think because a lot of people do for small and big deaths is to say you know why me what's the point of this. Why am I being um, asked to to suffer this? And I think um, I think if you can find the silver linings to the clouds, the the meaning of it, if you can search for that, then you have the ability the to to lead a good and productive life wherever you are. I mean, I obviously believe um, in life after death. So so I I hope to get to a point. Um, in my faith that um, death doesn't frighten me at all. I hope to get to that because I think that would be a good thing to be. And in, do, in, in striving for that, I think that gives me the ability to, in the moment when the little losses are coming along, to have coping strategies around, um, okay, so what's the meaning in this little death here? And, and okay, it's a loss. It feels awful. Um, how am I going to see to see how this improves my life. Yes. I would say that for the people that I've worked with, and I've worked with many who've been facing losses of all sorts, and there's just one more loss that I'd like to put into the mix, but for everyone, that initial pain of loss, for most people, is a temporary thing. Yes. Now, that's not to say that they then, if they've lost a loved one, forget mm. that loved one. But that no. absolute agony of the absence. loss yes. and the absence, yeah. I don't know that it necessarily gets easier, but I think we find coping strategies that make it more manageable. Yes, and, and uh, where you started really, which is that your brother's sudden and shocking death um, ha ha has actually 
I mean, although you probably wouldn't say that, you know, you were glad it happened in, no, that, in not that kind at of all. phrase, but it has given you perspectives and um, pause for thought in certain areas that perhaps wouldn't have ever come your way. It would be nice to think that we would um, recognise those things without the tragedy. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think well, there has to be a definite um, desire to look for the gift in order to find it. Yes. And for many people, that seems a stretch too far. Well, I would think of perhaps a lot of people listening to us talk about it will be sitting with, with huge frowns on their faces and saying, well, that's just ridiculous. That's just, that's just woo-woo talk there because, you know, a, a loss of a marriage, a loss of, of a loved one, uh, you know, these, these major life things, you can't just look for the good in them, can you? I don't think you can initially. Mm. I think there are stages to grief, and I think all of these losses bring with them a version of grief. Mm. And I think everybody's going to be different, um, and a lot of that will be based on your sense of self, your um, where you are in your life, how resilient you are. Mm. Um, but ultimately, you have a choice. You can stay in the pit of despair about what's gone on or you can make the decision that I am going to make the most of this life. For me, I think working on my own, um, the times when I have lost somebody that I've loved and there have been a number of deaths. In fact, we had a series of years where, you know, every year for five years I lost somebody very close to me. Yeah, okay. Um, that... I, my view, and certainly one when I work with clients, is what would that person want for you? Mm. Would they really want you to be spending your day mm. grieving and mm. wishing things were different? Mm. If wishing could make things different, that would be mm-hmm. a very um, different mm. affair, yeah, but yeah. they can't. No. And so... You know, if you have lost somebody who loved you, Mm. I have no doubt that those people would want you to go on Mm. and make the most of every day. Mm. Yes, of course, to to remember them and to remember the good things about them Mm. and the shared memories and the things that you enjoyed together. Um, But ultimately, they would not want you to be a drippy, soggy mess, no. not living yeah. because they were no longer with you. Exactly, that That in, in order to, well, I mean, you know, I, I know it's trite and I know these cliches just trip off our tongues, but they do so for a reason in that there is fundamental truth that life does go on. It does. And that each individual is extremely special to the connections and the you know the loved ones yeah. they have but in the grand scheme of the universe we are but specks of dust and that is also a te- you know it's a terrible truth for each human being to come to terms with but it is actually also a terrible um, a fantastically freeing yeah. point to understand that um to understand that that sort of influence in in the universe you are capable of great things but also life will continue no matter what I think that's that's very true. If I look at the different sorts of loss, and the one loss that we haven't actually put in there is that loss 
of one's sense of self that oh, comes yeah. with overwhelm or depression or anxiety, mm -hmm. when you lose sight of the amazing, creative, strong, powerful person you are, mm -hmm. because you are completely taken over by this sense of being unable to cope. Yeah. And I think that's something that the numbers of people who are in that situation appear to be growing. Right, and yes, I think yes, that's partly because of the pressures of life. And I believe that, you know, that there are so many things that people feel that they should be, must be um, doing or shouldn't be, mustn't yeah. be doing. Yeah. Um, and that we are bombarded with pressures that not just from our immediate um, group of people, but through the media and so on. Mm. Um, and this need to succeed in a very specific way yeah. has made it more and more difficult for people. Yes. But let me just go back to the, some of the losses we've talked about because I have had clients who've said, you know, they've been going through a, 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 an acrimonious divorce or in that they're um, in the aftermath of that. And they've often said it would have been easier if they died than yeah. it would be to go through um, this pain. Yeah. And for, for me, a part of that is that they have felt betrayed. Their values have been compromised and we're going to talk about um, core values in another show mm. that that having been let down mm. having uh, somebody either through infidelity or a you know betraying mm. trust or just by saying I don't love you anymore mm. that is a, a a blow to the heart mm. which for some people feels insurmountable yes and what I would say is it will pass if you allow it. Yes. Some people stay stuck in that place because there's something about being the victim in that place that feeds yeah. their sense of I'm right yes. and I've been badly treated. Yes. But it's a very dangerous route to go mm -hmm. because there is no way forward mm. until you are prepared to, to choose to say, mm. I've given this all of the pain, anxiety, angst, frustration, mm. I'm prepared to, I want to move on. Mm. And ultimately, if you really want to move on and enjoy a great present and a fantastic future, mm. there needs to be forgiveness. Yeah, to, to sit in resentment in, in any way yeah. um, it is a very, very toxic environment to place your, your heart within. I mean, you know, it will shrivel. Yeah. It, it, you're just not giving yourself the sustaining point of of life here on this planet and you know you must move through it and I, I always sort of want to be like really dictatorial about you know you must move through it obviously it's a choice you can choose not to you can choose to stay within that resentment to live that moment over and over and over again the problem with things like resentment and frustration mm. is it takes on a life of its own yeah, yeah. and it feeds on and off itself, yeah. or rather on and of itself. So the more you resent, the more it fires up that sense of resentment and injustice. Yes. Um, and it becomes a self-perpetuating cycle unless you're aware enough of what's going on to say enough. Yes, and the fact is that from the moment you arrive on this planet, you, you will, in your destiny, you will suffer loss. Most... That I can't think it, of any human being that hasn't had loss. 
there are scales of loss. But if you put yourself into a, uh, it's not possible, if you were to put yourself in a vacuum in order to avoid loss, ah. you've lost life. There you go, there you go. And many people do their simpler version of that. Yes. They put themselves into a bubble. Yeah. I don't want to be hurt again, yeah. Yeah. and so I won't trust. I won't yeah. put myself out there yeah. in case I find that I am hurt in some way yes and what they end up with is the loneliness and the sense of isolation that they fear from being hurt yes it's a paradox isn't it, it? it it's uh, and um and to think that if you are progressing through your life thinking that you will you will always avoid loss or that it will never happen to you or whatever the phraseology in your head is then you're you're doing yourself a massive loss in that sense too I'm reminded about the um the Golden Flute, um, an old 1970s film, and uh, lots of metaphorical scenes in it. And, and the main character, this sort of monkish character, he, he's walking into a village and there's a beautiful boy. And, you know, the absolute epitome of beauty in, in human form. And he is absolutely treated like a god in this village. And he is the ugliest behaved person you've ever met. And this monk, you know, his parents are sort of subservient to him and trying to give him, trying to avoid any form of loss for this boy, in a sense. And the monk just basically walks up to him and punches him on the nose, breaks his nose and destroys his beauty. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody in the village is really thankful because he, he was a, a human being that had never suffered loss and was a tyrant because of it. And I do believe, actually, that you are given these lessons, small or large, in order to learn from them. So the well, first your time choice, you fail an exam... It's your choice whether or not you choose uh, to yes, learn. Yes, that's right. Absolutely, in the moment, you have free will and choice of, you know, your, your first failure. Do, what do you take out of it? Do, do you just, you know, throw it all away and just never go there because you don't want the hurt of possibly failing again? Well, you know, where does this lead you in life if, with that attitude? When I was a head teacher or principal, one of the things that had become very fashionable mm. was that you didn't do a traditional sports day yes. because children would have to lose. Yes. And we had a very traditional sports day. We did lots yeah. of other things yeah. because I believe absolutely that learning to lose, learning to come second and want to win... Yes. But be gracious in loss. Yes. And actually be gracious in winning. Yes. Because ultimately recognising that other people, you know, may be disappointed. Yeah. Um, and you're owning your own success. And I'm not suggesting that you should in any way diminish that. Mm. But doing it in a way that doesn't diminish other people. Mm. My power, my talents, my creativity mm. is not lessened because other people are more creative in a particular way mm. or that they have just as much power as me. Mm. In fact, we enhance each other's power yes. and each other's skills. Yes. And that was another thing that when I was a head, um, that it was so common for head teachers to appoint people who weren't quite as good as them. Yeah, because they yeah. wanted to feel that they had that that bit of, of, of ceiling space in terms yes. of their own ability. This, this foolish idea that it gave them safety to to be to be more powerful, to be slightly yeah. better at something. When in actual fact, it gave them the opposite. Because had they employed somebody who was had better skills than them and had utilised that person's skills in a generous and open way, then 
everything would have improved. Which was very much my point of view. I wanted the best I could find and I looked specifically for people who were better than me Mm. at whatever. Mm. Uh, Not difficult in some sections, as you know, (laughs) with technology, for example. (laughs) But at the same time, my job was to bring the best out of them and to get them to work together. Yes. We're digressing. Let's get back to loss because Mm. I'd like to spend our last few minutes looking at how often we feel diminished Mm. because we don't believe we measure up, Mm. because we put ourselves into a box, because we've allowed our sense of what lights us up Mm. to be put to one side for either for security or financial gain or because of what other people want us to do. Mm. And I would say to anyone that's listening, you know, think about the things that really get your juices going, that Mm. you are passionate about, Mm. and make every attempt to make sure that your life is full of those things. Yes. And, you know, people often talk about, um, I can't do that because I can't give up work. Mm. Actually, life isn't black and white. There are the opportunities Mm. to do something that will light you up, even if you do need to carry on with your job in order to pay the mortgage. Yes. This is a state of mind, I yes. think, very much. Yes. Your identity, who you believe you are, yeah. how much you value who you are mm. is really important. You are enough. You're not broken. Mm. You're, you don't need fixing. No. And when losses occur, mm. you will find a way through it. Yes. And actually, the more secure you are in in the sense of who you are and the value you have the easier you will find it yes and what I'd like to leave people with is think about the legacy you want to leave Mm. imagine at your own funeral Mm. and what would people say of you now living the life you lead now yes and actually if it's not what you want to hear mm. you now have the choice to change it now is the time to do it isn't it so that ultimately that that um that oration that uh, eulogy mm. will reflect a life fully and well lived mm. and not just because of the glory of having a not at all. funeral no. but for the glory of actually the, the the love and the generosity that you put out into the world now today and affect yes. the people that are here with you now but so long as you are loving and generous to yourself oh yes as well as others yes um Me so first. thank you very much for listening it's been a real joy to be with you today um what i would say is that you can get a, a free digital download of my book um thriving not surviving the five secret pathways to happiness success and fulfillment by going to the website www.genuinely-u.com Rachel's book, Rachel Davidson, The Point of Me, is available on Amazon. And we look forward to being with you in the next show. This is Gina Gardner, host of Passionate World Radio, saying goodbye and take care. With love. Bye. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.